God's starting to deal with people right here, right now in this house. I feel that in my heart. I feel that turning in my heart. Be sensitive. Listen, Jesus is. He's a lot of things. You know, Jesus is a lot of things. But I, I want to tell you today some things that Jesus is. Listen, we're, we're coming into this Easter season and, and, and talking about who Jesus is and why he came and understanding it's good to reflect and remember what these things. As a matter of fact, in, in, in the book of John, there's seven statements that, that talks about Jesus. And he says these statements, I am and, and who he is. Number one, he says, I am the bread of life. Listen, he is the bread of life. He also says this, I am the light of the world. Amen. He says, I am the door. I am the door. I am the door. Hey, listen, I am the door. I am the good shepherd. How many know him as the good shepherd today? Amen. And, and he also says this, and he, he puts three in one. I love this. I am, uh, uh, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And then he also says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Everyone say, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And he would also say, I am the true vine. And I know you guys have been uh, on this, this prayer and fasting with us and seeing our post about being remaining in, in the vine. And I pray that that's been encouraging. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 14. And I'm going to speak to you today uh, uh, on this subject of Jesus is the way. Everyone say, Jesus is the way. If you don't get anything else out of this sermon today, Jesus is the the way, okay? He is the way, all right? John chapter 14, verses 1 through through 7. Uh, verses 1 through 7. It, it, and I'm going I'm to do this. I'm going to do this relatively pretty fast today. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 7. It says this. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says this. <laughs> I love this verse. Let not your hearts be troubled. How many, how, oh boy, you say, boy, this is going to be a long sermon. Pastor's already stopped right, right there. How many would say, hey, my heart's been troubled. I've been struggling. I, I've been down in my heart. Jesus' words to his disciples and Jesus' words to his church today is this. Let not your hearts be troubled. Amen. It says, believe in God. Believe also uh, in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. And if it were not so, would I have told you that, that I go to prepare a place for you? Verse 3, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, amen, and will take you to myself where I am, you may be also. Verse 4, and you know the way to where I am going. Everyone say, you know the way to, to where I am going. Verse 5, and Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know way and look at Jesus's answer in verse 6 it says this Jesus said to him I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me verse 7 says this if you had known me you would have known my father also from now on you do not know him and uh, 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 from now on, you do know him, I'm sorry, and have seen him. So I, I want to talk to you about the way, the truth, and the life. But today we're going to focus on the way. Everyone say the way. Okay, see, listen. Uh, see, without the way, listen to me. Without the way, there is no going. All right? 
Uh, without the way, there is no going. And without the truth, there is no knowing. Amen? And look at me. And without, without the life, there is no living. This is a very, a very potent bit of Scripture. Let's pray today. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to talk about these three words, the, the way and the truth and the life. Lord, Heavenly Father, God, we come before you today. God, we thank you for your grace and mercy. God, I feel your anointing in this house. Jesus, you are the way. You are the truth. Lord, you are the life. God, those are not empty words that you said, but Lord, those are powerful proclamations of who you are. So God, I pray today, Lord, that you would use me how you see fit. God, help me to get out of the way today. God, cover me under your grace and mercy today. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, amen. So um, here in here in the, the 14th chapter, thank you, Larry, so much. Here in the 14th chapter of John. The disciples are distraught, and, and, and they, they are upset because Jesus has told them, hey, I am getting ready to leave. They've spent three and, and almost three and a half years with Jesus. They have given up everything. They left their jobs. They left everything to follow Jesus. Amen? And so here Jesus is, and he's quickly, Jesus is about two days here from going uh, to be on trial and to go towards the cross, okay? And, 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 and they are distraught. They, they, are, they don't understand everything. Matter of fact, deep down inside, I think they're still expecting Jesus to revolt against the Roman Empire and establish an earthly kingdom. That's kind of the hope of the Jewish people there. When in fact, Jesus is not revolting against uh, 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 the Roman Empire, he's revolting against sin, death, and hell, and he is doing something not just establishing an earthly kingdom, but he is establishing uh, an eternal kingdom, amen? And, and so here's the thing, the disciples, they're a little bit lost, they're a little bit scared. That's why he starts with, don't let your hearts be troubled. Jesus is discerning, and he knows when you're struggling. Did you know that? He knows when you're, when you're having a tough time. But Jesus would say this to you today. Let not your heart be troubled. It was amazing before service. Uh, I, I've, I've been with Mark and Heather and, and, and Brad and, and them all, uh, you know, the last few days. And, 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 and uh, Mark came up to me in the office in there and he said, Pastor, he was giving me a report of what he knew about things that had happened this morning. With, and he said, I just have a peace that God is going to take care of Brad. And I said, let's pray right now. And in the middle of us praying for Brad, I get a phone call from Heather, and, and it's Brad on the other line saying, Pastor, I am cancer free. Amen. Amen. I love that. I love that. So let not your heart be troubled. That was a great Example for my sermon this morning, Mark Lynn. God orchestrated that. I didn't orchestrate that. God orchestrated that. But Jesus, listen, Jesus says these words with authority that I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. All right? Amen? So look at this. In, in, in 1975, in November, 
uh, 75 convicts started digging a secret tunnel designed to bring them up at the other side of a wall in, in Saltillo Prison in northern Mexico. Anybody ever heard this story? This is amazing to me. And look at this. On April 18th, so a whole like six months later, 1976, they tunneled up to a nearby courtroom inside in which they were sentenced and the judges were there and they resentenced them and sent them back to jail. How many about sometimes you got to know which way you are going, right? Amen. You got to know where these guys were trying to go somewhere, but they didn't know where they were going, right? Oh, man. Ever, anyone ever been lost before? You thought you knew where you were going. You thought you knew the way, right? Now, come on. All you men need to raise your hand and drop your pride. You say, ah, you know, you're like me. I, I, the GPS doesn't. I was talking to David Bush. He, goes, he says, sometimes me and the GPS get in an argument, and I say, no, there's a better way to go than what the GPS is telling me, right? You know, it's been said of this that Einstein got, got uh, on a train traveling from Princeton, and the conductor asked for his ticket, and he reached in his coat pocket, and he didn't have his ticket, and he reached in his pant pocket, and he didn't have his ticket, and he looked in his briefcase, and he didn't have his ticket. The conductor said, Oh, it's okay. I know who you are, Dr. Einstein, and I'm sure you bought a ticket. I, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't get on here without a ticket. And the conductor told uh, Dr. Einstein, stop worrying about it. And it, he goes, you're good. We'll, we'll get it figured out. And, Einstein, and, 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 and so he left, and then the conductor came back, and Einstein was looking frantically across the seats and underneath the seat everywhere. The conductor said, why are you so concerned about this? He said, he said basically this, it's okay, Dr. Einstein, stop worrying about it. You are good. I, I know who you are. And Einstein said this, young man, I too know who I am. But what I do not know is where I am going. He didn't know where he was going. He didn't know where to go. And isn't that like us in our life? You know, sometimes we just go without knowing exactly the way that we should go. So, so as children of God, listen to me, as children of God, we have been given the way to follow. And that way is simple, Jesus Christ. Amen. Everyone say, Jesus Christ. Our job is this. Listen, I said this earlier. Our job is this, is to follow the way, which is Jesus Christ, and to point as many people to the way, Right? If somebody's lost, you know what they do, you know, and, and they do this at Lowe's. And I'm like, hey, and when I get lost in Lowe's, right, come on, some of you know what I'm talking about. Where can I find this? What do they do? They point the way over there in aisle 15 in Bay 35 or whatever C, right? I don't even understand how it all works. But, but hey, if you'll go there, you will find the way. My job and your job is to point as many people to Jesus Christ. How many would say, hey, I know Jesus Christ is my Savior, amen? Amen? Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. You know, the early church, they were not known as Christians. Did you know that? Matter of fact, that word Christian was a derogatory statement. It was something that, that people who were not saved would call uh, the Christians. And they used it as a derogatory statement. And they say, you are Christians. And, and it wasn't until later that Christians just adopted it and said, well, if they're going to call me that, I'll just be that. All right, I'll be, a, I'll be a Christ follower. But did you know that the early church were known as the people of the way? 
Did you know that? And I want to say this to you today. I like that title because I, li- I want to be known as the person who knows the way. I want to be the person that says, I know who Jesus is, and I know what he has planned for me, and I know that he has a destiny for me. Amen? Everyone say, people of the way. Amen. We know the way. We know the truth. We know the life of Jesus Christ, and it's him and only him that, that men are saved. Matter of fact, in Acts chapter 4, I love this, this bit of scripture, verse 12, it says this, and there, is, uh, and there is salvation in no one else. Everyone say, no one else. For there is no, un- no other name under heaven given among men by which men, uh, men must be saved. And that name is Jesus Christ and him alone. Amen. How many know that Jesus Christ is not a way to heaven? He is the way to heaven. Amen. Come on, somebody. But here's the problem. Here's the problem that we have. And I know we're all at different levels at here. Some of you guys have been Christians longer than I've been alive. Come on, somebody, right? And some of you have been saved just a short time. But I know we're all coming from different walks of life. But just stick with me for just a minute. I want to talk to you about Jesus is the way. Here's what we first have to understand about understanding that Jesus is the way. Number one is this, that, that we have a sin problem. We have a sin problem. So look at this. Our problem is is this. Everybody in here, we are lost spiritually by ourselves. Everybody in here, pastor included, we are totally ruined by sin. And we are in this state of depravity. Matter of fact, Romans 3.23 says this. For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. You know, how many have ever heard uh, people say this, you know, uh, they, you know, I, I feel guilty because I sin. You know why you feel guilty? Because you are a sinner. And here's the thing, we aren't tarnished by sin, we are ruined by sin. Can I tell you that? The wages of sin is the same thing over and over and over, and it is death. It's not tarnishing, but it ruins you. We have to recognize that we aren't aren't going the right direction, right? We have to say, hey, something's not right. Some will say this, I'm a good person, right? We've heard that. Say, I'm a good person. I, I, I do good. I, 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 you know, surely God, God will let me into heaven. Listen, it's not about your standard. It's about God's standard. The wages of sin is death. Have you paid the price for that within yourself? Listen, you can't work your way to heaven. Your good works, listen to me. You just can't do it. It's not possible. Uh, you know, and God's standard is this. You know what God's standard is? It is perfection. How many in here could say, hey, I'm, I'm a perfect person? Yeah, that's what I thought. And if you raise your hand, you just, you just, you answered my question right then and there, right? Ephesians 2.5 says this. Listen, I, I, I love this. this I, I love Ephesians chapter 2. It's one of my favorite uh, bits of scripture. But, you know, because in verse 4, I mean, it, in, in verses 1 through 3, it, it talks about the depravity of, of us and who we are. And then verse 4, it says, but God, which I love that portion, but God because of, of Jesus Christ. But verse 5 says this, that we were dead in our sins. 
That's what it says. We were dead. We were lost. We were condemned. We were unclean. We were alienated, totally depraved. And we cannot influence our part of a right relationship with God. I can't go to God and say, God, I will work my way to heaven because that is not how it works. If that was the case, everybody would do it. Come on, somebody, right? But look at this. Ephesians 2, 7 and 8 tells us so that in the coming ages we might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Amen. I, I love this. Verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And it is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. Can I tell you these verses right here? What are you saying, Pastor? This is what I'll tell you. I'll bring it down right here to help you out. I have to do this for myself. That there is a huge chasm between a perfect God and a sinful man. And there is something that separates the two. The Bible says this, that our righteousness is as filthy rags. My very best is not even good enough compared to the holiness of God. How did sin enter the world? We know that Adam and Eve, they, they fell because they were disobedient to what God had, had told them to do. And here's the problem. We are born in a sinful world. We are bo born into a fallen world. And here's the thing. The chasm separated us, our perfect relationship between, between God and us. There's a huge chasm, a, a big, how many have ever been to the Grand Canyon, Right? Anybody ever been to the Grand Canyon? Man, it is amazing to stand on one rim of the Grand Canyon and look across the other. It is a huge chasm. It's a big area, a, a huge thing to cross. I like this. David Hall, this pastor, he said it like this. The chasm between, he was talking about the chasm between sin and holiness or between a, a, a fallen man and a holy God is this. Humanity miscalculates the wickedness of sin and the purity of holiness and the enormous cost of God's grace that spans that chasm between the two. And I think that is a beautiful statement. Here's what I know right here. Jesus' work on the cross is the perfect sacrifice for your sins and for my sins. Listen, I don't have to be perfect because Jesus Christ was perfect for me. But a matter of fact, in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, He who knew no sin became our sin for us. Amen? That we might know, amen, that we might have this relationship. It's by grace you have been saved. It's not anything that we do. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2 say, it says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know what gives us peace with the holy God? Jesus Christ. He spreads the chasm and he, he, he pulls us together. Amen. Look at this. Verse 2 says this. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand and rejoice in the glory of God. God, you're able to stand here today and raise your hands and give God praise because of the price that Jesus Christ paid on Calvary for your sins and for my sins. Can we give Jesus a hand clap of praise? He paid it all. See, we had a sin problem. We have a sin problem. But here's the thing. Jesus is the way. Everyone say, Jesus is the way. And sin has no more power 
over us. Amen. So look at this. Come on, give Jesus a, come on. I promise you, if you'll preach with me, we'll get done faster. Amen. I, I'll hear amens popping off really fast here. Here's number two right here. Number two right here. Here's the thing. Jesus is the way. But this is what I need to tell you. This is what I felt like the Lord brought me here on assignment for right here today is this. Stop taking detours. Jesus, if Jesus is the way, stop taking detours. Oh, man, here's the thing. If, if we know we need a Savior and it's in his name and it's in Jesus Christ that, that we're able to, to be in right relationship with, the, with God the Father, why do we always take detours in our life? See, this is what I want to tell you is this. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. You know, I say that every time I go up Highway 69 on the way to Indianapolis and I hit traffic. The devil is a liar. And this is what the devil does. He is a counterfeit. He is the counterfeit. He is the, he is the king of cons. He wants to come in and make you think that you, he's got a better way than what Christ has for you. Amen. How many know that he is a liar? You know, I was, I was asking Zaylee last night, and she was eating some fruity pebbles. Come on now. Not even fruity pebbles, but the Malta Mill fruity pebbles. How many know what I'm talking about? See, when I was growing up, my parents used to buy the generic cereal, and I used to complain all the time. I'd be like, Mom, Dad, why you buy this generic cereal? Everyone knows that, that round fruit is not as good as Fruit Loops. And everyone knows that. Whatever they call the, I don't know, Malta Mills, whatever they are, you know, it's not as good as Fruity Pebbles. But listen, when you get on this side and you start buying it, you're like, hey, you know what, that Malta Mill brand, it doesn't taste that bit. And I asked Zaylee last night, I said, Zaylee, do those, do those Malta Mill uh, Fruity Pebbles taste like real Fruity Pebbles? She said, not exactly, Dad. She said, they're okay. So I said, they're counterfeit then, right? She goes, they're bearable. They're not bad. But here's the thing, this is what I know, I do know this for a fact, you know, uh, you know, some generic stuff is okay, man, but generic Doritos, not even on the same level as Doritos. Frito-Lay, you, you, you know what you're doing, right? Generic things, and that's what the devil does, is, hey, I got a counterfeit thing to the real thing. I've got a detour. See, this, this is what detours sound like. I'll, I'll follow Jesus after I, after, I, after I live it up the way that I want to. Or it may sound like this. I'll follow Jesus when I, when I get my career together and I get this much money in the bank or when I establish myself to this point. Or I'll follow Jesus when I marry that person of my dreams. Come on, somebody. Or I'll follow Jesus when I become rich and famous. Oh, some of you have big dreams, right? Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. I, I, this bit of scripture is so pointed. Listen to me. I'm going to be a little pointed today, but listen, we need to hear this today. Our society needs to hear this today. Look at this. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14 says this. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to what? Where does it lead? And those who enter it, enter it uh, by it are many. Verse 14, for the gate is narrow and the way is what? That leads to 
need. And those who find it are few. So, so Jesus comes onto the scene and he's saying here, he tells us that he is the way. That's a very pointed statement. And that sounds exclusive, Pastor. You may say, hey, hey that sounds really exclusive in our world. You know, we, we got to be inclusive, right? But listen, I didn't say it. Jesus said it with authority. Listen, I will trust this book, and I will trust what Jesus said before I'll trust what man says. Come on now. It was direct. It was straightforward. Thomas asked the question, and Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. That's potent. Some would say, hey, there's different ways to heaven. That's a detour, and that's a lie from the pits of hell. So listen to this. Jesus says that he is the narrow gate. He is the narrow gate. And broad, the broad gate is the road to destruction. So let's talk about the broad gate for just a second. It, it, is a, it is a detour mentality. It's easy. It's easy to get on, right? It's easy to get on. There's a lot of people on it. It's like the freeways in Southern California. They're easy to get on, and people are going 90 miles an hour. And if you're doing 55, they're going to run you over. And everyone is going, 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 going. And that's what he is talking about here. It's easy to get on, but it always leads to destruction. And anything that will keep me off the narrow path is a detour. The devil will put, put things in front of you that seem like they are great. How about, let's just, let's just call a few right here. Money, 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 right? Money. Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? He'll put money in front of you, and you'll think, oh, that's where I find my worth, and that's the way to be prosperous, and that's the way to be good. Some of it, he'll put relationships in your way and make you think that, that a relationship is going to solve all your issues. He'll put careers in your way, make you think that that is where you find your worth. He'll put illegal drugs in your way that always leads to a downfall. How about this? The devil will put detours of lust and fornication. You know what lust and fornication are? It is, is I want what I want. Who cares what anybody else wants? It's all about me. Come on, somebody. Well, and, and, and here's the thing. The, the, the road is broad, and, and there are many people on it, and everyone's like this. Everyone else is doing it. Broad is the way. It's what it says. Oh, why do all the major streets in all of our big cities, we have Broadway, right? Right in the middle of downtown usually, right? Broadway. This is the, this is the way that everybody's going. And the detour, the devil will bring detours that will take you off track, off of the way, the way, Jesus Christ, that, that we're supposed to be walking. So, so let's talk about the narrow gate. Everyone say the narrow gate. It, it's hard, but it leads to life. Here, have you ever thought about this? Why is the narrow gate hard? And here's why. Here's why. Are you ready for this? It requires that I die to myself. And that's the hard part with, with the narrow gate right there is I've got to come in with the attitude that it's not about me. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about submitting my will to his will. It's about putting him, his priority over my priority. It's about saying, God, I give you every part of my life, my career, my marriage, my finances, everything. It belongs to you. And what I want is not as important as what you want for me. 
It means I have to die to self. And, and what does that mean? That, that I have to put my own desires and my own flesh and I have to lay down my sins. And I have to run and follow Christ. Matthew chapter 16 verse 24. Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Galatians 5.24, it says this, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their flesh with its passions and its desires. That's why the narrow gate's hard. It's because you've got to do some hard self-examination of yourself and say, there are some areas in me that need to die to what Christ has for me. We can't go through the narrow gate. I wish I had a, a, a door in here. You can't go through the narrow gate with an extra bag, extra huge bag, you know, because it's gonna, it won't fit through the gate. And you're going to have to throw those things off. Oh, I love what you said today, Sula. You, you, you called it. You didn't even know what I was speaking on today about laying aside every weight, casting it off, saying, it's worth getting through this narrow gate. I'm tired of carrying these things. I have to die to myself. We have to let go of the former things, and we have to be transformed in our minds. And to think like Christ is what Romans 12 says. So, so we see this illustrated beautifully in the scripture of the, uh, the story of the rich young ruler in Mark chapter, uh, 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 Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 27. You know, it's, it's interesting. The rich young ruler, he comes into the story here and he says, you know, Jesus, what must I do to inherit uh, uh, in, uh, eternal life? He's asking a good question here. This is a beautiful question. He's, he, he's willing to ask the question. Oh, man, man, the Holy Spirit, thank you for that. He's willing to ask the question, but he's not ready to die to himself. Look at this. Look at this. This is what, this is what, he, what he says. He says, what, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And, and, and this is what Jesus says in verse 19. He says, you, you know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And then, and then the rich young ruler says, I've done these things since my youth. Hey, I, hey, I am good to go. Works base. I, I've got this. Then Jesus gets to the heart of the issue there, and, and he, he points out this man's detour right here. He's about to point out his detour to the rich young ruler. In verse 21, it says, looking at him, Jesus showed love to him and said to him. I love that because Jesus showed love to him. He's telling him, hey, I'm going to show you the way that you, that you can follow me. I can show you the way how you can in inherit uh, eternal life. This is how you have to do it. One thing you lack, go and sell all you possess and give to the poor. And you will have treasures in heaven and come follow me. Verse 22, but he was deeply dismayed by these words. And when he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. Something inside of him, he was not willing to let go of property because his value was in that. And Christ told him exactly what he needed to. See, I, I, this is one of the saddest bits of scripture, I think, in the whole Bible because Jesus told him what he needed to do, and this man found himself. I, I want it. I'm going to ask the question, how do I inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, narrow is the gate. Listen, you're going to have to drop some baggage off if you're going to follow me. And listen to me. Some of you today, listen, some of you today need to let go of some past baggage, and you need to let it go because Jesus is the way. Amen. Uh, the gate is narrow. Nothing of this world will compare to a life surrendered to Christ and his eternal dividends. Amen? Amen? 
Amen. Do you believe that? Uh, so, oh, man, I don't know. I, 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 you know, someone in here needs to hear that today. Because, uh, listen, I, 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 <laughs> I'm here on assignment to tell you, listen, stop flirting with the world. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but you need to stop. This is God sent me on assignment to tell you that Jesus is the way. He is the only way. Stop falling to the devil's vices and his, his detours. You know the way. You know what it takes. But listen, you've got to submit yourself and say, I am willing to die to myself today. Whatever it takes to follow you, Jesus, I will do. Detours that stop us from finding and, and staying on the way. See, uh, you know, here's the, here's the interesting. The devil's already lost. He's already lost. And all he wants to do is distract you and keep you from the way. Here's the last one right here. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. Everyone say, Jesus is the perfect way. Come on, musicians, you can come up. In our text today, Jesus is, is comforting his disciples in John chapter 14 because He's two days away from the cross, and he says, let not your hearts be troubled. If you believe in God, uh, believe in me. He says, I, I'm preparing a place for you, and I, I'm going to come back and take you where I am going. Man, that's encouraging, right? You know, how many have ever left your family or left your wife and you left your kids or, or your husband and, and you had to go on a trip, and the last thing you say is, you know, your kids are like, don't go, Dad, or don't go, Mom. And you say, I will be back. I'll be back, right? I will be back. I am coming back. Don't you worry. And that's what Jesus is saying here is, listen, listen, guys, don't be discouraged. Don't quit. I'm coming back. But you got to love Thomas. I love Thomas. Listen, that guy gets a bad rap. But this guy, he asks the good questions. I really do. I feel like he asks the good questions. You know what I like about him? He is just honest. And he's just real. Ah, oh, Jesus. Uh, you you got to love him. He gets, a bad, he gets a bad rap. He always does. But he's so honest with Jesus. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we, we don't know the way. We don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? You know, honestly, Jesus, I, I, you know, he might say, Jesus, I love you. I, I, I trust you. But sometimes you speak in riddles. You answer my questions with questions sometimes. And it's a little hard to understand, right? How many have ever felt like, hey, God, I'm asking you this. And, Lord, this answer that you're giving me, I'm not 100% sure how to deal with this or what to do with this. Jesus does something that's amazing. How can we know you know, Thomas said, how can we know where to go? But Jesus makes this statement, and it's pointed, and it's powerful, and it's for the disciples, and it's for you today. Listen to me. He says this, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know how pointed that statement is? Oh, you know. Some of you are like, I don't, I don't even like talking to my friends about that statement, right? It makes me feel uneasy. Some of you say, oh, that's so narrow-minded. Can I tell you something? So is the gate that leads to salvation. It's narrow. It is. There's a reason. 
There's a reason that the Lord did it. The Lord didn't give us 15 ways to get to heaven because the, the, the devil would give you 65 more. But there's one way, one name under heaven by where men must be saved. Amen? Jesus Christ. You say, well, man, that sounds so exclusive. But, but here's the thing. It is exclusive, but Jesus has given everybody a personal invitation to come. He's not excluding anybody. He's not excluding it. It's, it's simple. One way to the Father, one way to eternal life, and there's one way to destruction. You got a choice to make. Is it this? Monty Hall, is it this door? Are you going to take the money in my pocket? What are you going to do? Two ways. It's the narrow way. One with Jesus, which means you'll have to take up your cross, crucify your flesh, follow Jesus, which will lead to a life not only a life, but a life more abundantly. Amen? There's the wired way, which is the sin-ridden way, the detour that leads to eternal destruction time and time again. And you say, well, that's so exclusive. But listen, it's simple. It's a simple invitation. This is what Jesus would say. This is what John 3, 16 says. For God so loved the world that who? Who what? Who? Who, who, what? Come on, say it. Whosoever. Whosoever. Anybody that wants to follow Jesus can follow Jesus. That's not exclusive. I mean, it's, you have to go this way, but Jesus has given everybody a personal invitation to follow him. I love that. Look at this. I, I, I looked this up. I, this was not in my notes, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it in there. I, I got to find where it is. Um, in 2 Peter 3.9, it, it says this. I, I love this. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises. Some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. <laughs> Jesus is saying, come on. You just got to come this way. Anybody can come. Anybody can come. I, I, I love this. Jesus he, he promises a way. He, in this bit of scripture, that John chapter 14, he talks about a kingdom with his father, and he talks about a house that awaits us. He's going to take us there. He, so Jesus promises a way. Then he, Jesus prepares the way. He prepares us the way uh, for the father. And in verse 6, it says that we know that the way, Je- that the way is Jesus. Everyone say Jesus. And, and prepares uh, for the father would cost Jesus his life. Listen, he is the chasm. He is the chasm between my sinful nature and God's holiness, God the Father's holiness. Listen to me. Jesus is the way. He not only promises it, he prepared a way, but he emphasizes this. I am the way. I am the door. I am the way. (laughs) There's no other way to the Father. There's no other way to the kingdom. It's through me. It's through Jesus. Because of me, it's by me and in me that you will find the way. It's only in Jesus Christ. I don't know who needs to hear that today. Someone in this house needs to know that today. Jesus is the way to life and to peace and to hope. So let not your hearts be troubled. Jesus is the way to eternal life. Amen to the kingdom of God and Jesus is the way to having a living relationship with God the Father no one comes to the Father except 
I want to I tell you this. Kenneth Wiest, he's an expert in Greek, and he rendered the, the whole New Testament and put it in modern uh, English, you know, a little bit easier to understand. And I have one of those Bibles in the New Testament Bible, and I, and I was reading through it, and, and, and he, in this bit of Scripture, he, he rendered it I, not I am the way, he rendered it I am the road. I am the road. So the, the Greek word there, road, it's amazing. It, and Jesus is the road that leads to salvation, eternal life. Come on. Restore relationship with God. Amen. I, 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 I want to just share this with you. Luke chapter 15, there's a story of the prodigal son. And it's it's an interesting one, right? How many have ever heard the, the story of the prodigal son? Luke chapter 15, right? The lost you know, sheep, the lost coin, and, and, the, and the prodigal son. And, and this son, if you don't know the story, if you don't know this story, the son, you know, he goes to his dad and says, hey, I want my inheritance. I want it now. It's my money. I want it now. You know, I'll call Wentworth right now. Some of you are with me. Some of you aren't with me. All right. Call J.G. Wentworth, right? Okay. Anyways, he says, I want my money right now. And listen, what he's telling the father there, listen, what he's telling the father is this, you are as good as dead to me. I wish you were dead so I could have my inheritance. Give me my money now. So he takes his money and he leaves the house, leaves the father, right? And he goes, you know the story, you know the story. He squanders his money and he has friends while he's got money. How many know you got friends while you got money, right? While you're spending money on them, you buy their meals and stuff, people will show up and feed them, right? And, and they're all there and he's squandering all his money. And next thing you know, he's out of money. He finds himself in a, in a bad spot. He's like, I, I got to get some work. Finds himself working in the pig pen. He's feeding the pigs and he's hungry and he's looking at the pig food thinking, man, I, I, I need to eat this because I'm hungry. Terrible place to be, stinky place to, to be, right? Those of you who have worked with pigs, I used to live by a pig farm in Missouri. Woo, come on now, somebody, right? And, and he found himself, and the Bible says this, that he came to his senses one day. So you know what? I don't have to be here. I can go home and I can be one of my dad's servants. And I'll come back and I'll just ask. But listen to me. I, I, I love that, that bit of scripture. In verse 20 it says he got up. And it says he got up and he went to the father. But listen to me. How did he get to the father? He got on the road that he knew would take him back to the father. And I love this. This is a beautiful picture of Jesus. This is what Jesus Christ did for us. While we were yet sinners, while we were dead in our sin, while we were like the kid in the in the pigsty, and we were sitting there, and we thought, man, I, I've got to get back in right relationship with God. You know what? We begin to take one foot in front of the other, and Jesus said, I made a way for you to get back to the Father. I love this story because when the Father sees him at a distance, he runs and he grabs him, pigsty and all, kisses him, loves on him, and he's, and he's like, Dad, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, I repent, and all this, and Dad said, don't, he doesn't even, doesn't even bother answering, puts a ring on his finger, puts a robe on him, and they kill the fatted calf, and he says, I'm excited because my son, listen, my S-O-N, my son has come home. Jesus is the way, all heads bowed in this, in this building right Listen, it's through him, it's by him, it's in him, it's on him. We have been made whole. If you're here today, listen, I believe God's been speaking to somebody.